And we are live. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is Joe DeLeon. But, Joe, we have some massive news that just dropped Saturday down south as reporting about Kirby Smart. It is not good. Oh. Um, Kirby Smart has been given notice of allegations this morning on five counts of five of, of level one recruiting violations. Um, so this is Saturday down south reporting that Kirby Smart has also, by the University of Georgia, been suspended indefinitely um, through Georgia, I guess. So this is developing uh, as the morning goes on. But this you is April Fools, is it not? This is it's this, April Fools. You started doing that. I'm just like, there's no, there's no damn way that the timing of this. I hate that. Oh, you had me for a second. You had me for one second, but you're a terrible actor. I couldn't help but stop grinning. Uh, I think that you knew that when I couldn't look you in the face. But April Fool's, sir. Happy April Fool's. uh, You got got. See, I knew you were being. I knew you were being a little weird during the pre-show when we were doing the notes. I knew something (laughs) was coming. Like right before, you were just being a little weird before we went. You're like, "Are you you ready?" You kind of gave me this weird vibe, but I'm like, something, something's a little off. But you did get me for a second. That worked because it wasn't anything totally ridiculous. That was totally plausible. That could be something wrong. I know, and you know, look, they are being investigated now. They are being investigated. But what's funny is, is I have been I this today for someone in my in my realm. I'm gonna be cracking jokes on everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it is coming for everyone. So I love April Fool's Day, Joe. What is your? Have you ever pulled a great April Fool's joke on anybody? Not that I can think of. I'm not a very. It's not that I'm not creative and poor at execution when it comes to these types of things. What's the uh, best you got? You've got to have a good one. Oh, dude, do I? Do I? Um, when I was in college, I was dating this girl, and oh no, ran, and and I didn't even think about this, but I let you know, like we had been dating for a while, probably like six months, and she, I hadn't met her. I had met her parents once, and I and I, and she had not met mine, so I was like, okay, well, my mom wanted to go out to eat, so we go out to eat or whatever, and. Uh, so the next mo- the next day was um, April Fool's Day, and so I call my mom, and I'm like, "Mom, what'd you think of Emily?" And she goes, "Well, yada 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 yada." So, and I just basically came out and said, "Well, listen, we didn't want to tell you last night because we didn't want you to freak out." Oh no, she's pregnant. Oh and my god! I let it go on all day long. All day long, my mom's just kind of going, and she goes, you're joking with me. You're kidding with me. And I'm like, Mom, it's just the truth. That's why we went to meet with you last night. And I felt so bad, I never did it again. (laughs) I was so much guilt that was running through my veins. And I was sending her, like, the screenshots that my mom was, like, texting me, like, well, have you, you know, does her dad even like you? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't even really care if he likes me or not, you know? So oh, it was, okay. the, you know. So she believed you though. She bought. She 100 percent bought uh, into the. No, I had to sell. I had to sell. Yeah. I had to really sell on it. Uh, but she got in there. She got to believe me after a while. But you know, it is what it is. You can't crack a joke. I mean, it's a joke. Now, looking back on it, if Ben were to come in here and say a girl was pregnant, I'd probably freak out. Um, 
but my dad, when I called my dad and told him, he was like, congratulations, <laughs> you know, he it didn't, he uh, already knew, like he, you couldn't get it past him. He goes, yeah. when's the baby do, you know, and I'm like, dad, you're receiving this way too well. So nevertheless, That's fantastic. we do have a good show in store for you today. So a lot of SEC teams and really just a lot of teams around the country uh, have been going through their pro day. Yes, we know. Uh, where Joe's going to go first, probably, with Anthony Richardson. Uh, but Will Levis, I, I will tell you, there has been a lot of – look, I sent you this this week. The body transformation for Will Levis, regardless of how good or bad he is. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Will Levis uh, is turning some heads. I, I think he's a little too cut for – for a uh, for a quarterback, I, I need a little. I need him to be a little There's more meaty. No, he's, 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 he's too. Do you cut. need it's a weird. jelly roll it's for weird. a quarterback? It's a it's a little weird. It's a little weird how, how like also those pictures were a little strange the way that he took them. They, they were very thirst trappish the way that he took them. They weren't your because a lot of times these pro oh. a lot of times these pro day combine gyms which I trained at one of them for my highly unsuccessful pro day. Okay. Um, they will actually take real pictures of you professionally to show a before and an after. His was like in the bathroom with his shorts pulled up all the way. It was, I don't know. I was just a little weirded out by those pictures. I, I think he was, I think he, I think he was trying to show off a little more than just like, Hey, look up. Hey, NFL teams look, I'm in shape. It's like, Hey everybody, look how jacked I am. That's, that's the impression. That well, I he is jacked. Yeah, but I, I also, by the way, and you were kind of leaning into this. I don't think that's it, telling at all of like him being successful. I don't think that means anything for me if he's gonna. I here's what here's when stuff like that happens. You know what it tells me? What? Okay, I really look at Kentucky and ask, what were you doing? Like because well, he's always been cut though. He's always been like a big bulky like kid. He built like a linebacker, and he he dropped a little bit of the fat. No, he gained muscle, muscle. He, he he looked like the Caucasian Hulk. If if you do your pro day prep correctly, that's the outcome. That's supposed to be what oh, you're good. saying. The change you know, the difference. Well, you know what? It it shows that he actually gives a damn to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it shows that he gives a damn, unlike somebody that we'll talk about uh in these pro day workouts today. Uh also NIL hearing um Joe. I, I'm moving ever so closer to we us needing the commissioner. I, I, I just I, I just don't know how college football is going to get with get throughout all of this without a commissioner. Chris Murphy, the Democrat from uh, from Connecticut, I'm going to rip I'm going to rip both parties this morning. Okay, yeah, neither so, side's on good terms. Not neither side's on good terms. So don't you paint me with a brush of uh, Blake's doing this and doing this. I'm going to rip. Diana Harshbarger, the Republican from Tennessee this morning, and I'm going to rip Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Connecticut. Joe, I, I just don't I, – I don't get it. I, I, I don't I, I don't understand. How have you had 24 months f- to, to prepare for NIL in this hearing, and you're still this stupid? Well, it's you – know it, oh, Go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, go no, ahead. no, no. I'm cutting you off. Finish, finish your point. Sorry. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is if you're this unknowledgeable about – NIL and college athletics and capitalism, then everything else that goes on in our judicial system, what else are you that unknowledgeable about? Because NIL is not that difficult to understand. No. So it's it's very similar, and it reminds me of, have you seen any of the uh, the clips from the, the hearings that were going on for, 
for TikTok and if they're going to ban it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the stupidity of some of these questions of like, can they access my home Wi-Fi? And like the the TikTok CEO is like, how do you think that you get on the the platform? You need to be accessing the internet. And it's, it's very similar to where you show up and you're asking just stupid question after stupid question without showing up informed. And that's everything. That's what attorneys do. Trust me. I'm around them. Okay. Way too much. They ask a question and be like, okay, well, do they connect to home Wi-Fi? Well, can the Wi-Fi be, you know, they're asking, trying to ask leading questions at leading questions. Yeah. They're not asking leading questions in NIL though. You know, so like, Dana, uh, Diana Harsbarger and Chris Murphy. I, I mean, I, I know that both of you are on different party lengths and have different understandings and different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Both of you are idiots. Yeah. When it comes to college athletics, I will tell you on a scale of one to 10 how big of idiots you are 9.7 because <laughs> there's always room for improvement for you to be a bigger <laughs> idiot. All right. So we'll talk on that as well. And then we'll get to some questions at the end. Uh, but let's get to a couple of them. Ryan Terry says, good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is doing good after the storms uh, the last yeah. couple of days. I did talk to our one of our colleagues with Believe Ty Richardson last night. Our buddies in Arkansas got absolutely popped by a uh, F5, her, uh, F5 tornado last right. night. Little Rock. Um, so, look, that that's the University of Arkansas, and we're, we're thinking about everybody uh, there. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty bad down in the south uh, last night. Uh, Dane Bergeron says, good morning, guys. Joe Boo is in the house. By the way, speaking of Joe, mm-hmm. we were on the stadium last night, okay? We were, we streamed. Our, our content was on stadium last night. Um, what's my first name? Yeah, I don't understand why. That was Lauren. That was our graphics designer. Uh, okay, Lauren, well, Lauren, Lauren just got Lauren just got a demerit. I have issued <laughs> a demerit on Lauren. It's so the Joe and Joe show clear. now. It's the Joe and Joe show. That's what it is. I, I mean, it's not technically wrong because my middle name is Joseph, I guess. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, so, I mean, but still, I don't like being called Joe. I'm not Joe Rafino. It, 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 it's an I'm honor to be called Joe for that for that mix-up to happen. It's the Joe and Joe show now. I think that Lauren made that decision for us. I think it's the Rafino and Dama show. That's what I think. <laughs> Shut uh, up. A couple more. Uh, Blaine Smith said, congratulations to LSU. Great day yesterday in multiple sports. Yes, Kim Mulkey. Um, I was thinking that we were going to get a – before we get to the break, Joe. Yeah. I thought we were going to get an all-SEC women's basketball, and we'll watch some Final Four and stuff today. Bro, Caitlin Clark is unreal, dude. Nuts. She is unreal. And look, when she remember when she was, you know, at the end of the game, she was going to like, like she was taking her jersey off. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> look, because if she would have, you know what would have happened this morning? Yeah. We would have had a political outcry and war over her. But dude, she is Steph Curry with a bra. You know, ridiculous. The some of the things that she's done uh, throughout this tournament. I haven't watched a lot of it admittedly but I, I know that she was played really well last night well i'm just i'm just letting you know dude she's really good if yeah if and i'm i mean this seriously any man or, or female that wants to learn how to play hoops watch her play it's like mm-hmm. watching I, I i she's just so good man she's yeah. so good all right so we got a lot to get into we'll talk pro day first and nil hearing 
we might talk some women's basketball out there at the end. Who knows? You know how I get. I don't. I I wouldn't want to talk about it if LSU wasn't playing in a natty. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. exactly. We wouldn't. Yeah, right, they right, wouldn't right. get brought up once. Hey, when's the last time Notre Dame's won a national title? Seriously, seriously. Serious question. I want to say that they won it in 2018, or I might be right. They won I, very recently. It was yeah, very recently. Yeah, because they went a couple times in women's basketball to a national title. Yeah, and they're I, I'm blanking on their head coach, but it, the head coach they had was was very long time one of the best coaches in college basketball. I mean, they it was them in UConn every single year for a 10 year stretch. It, it was that competitive, and now both those programs are a little bit down. Well, with, with all due respect, uh, hey, Gino Ariema, mommy's home, okay? <laughs> and her name is Kim Mulkey. All right. So I've got good friends over at betonline.ag. Before we get to that, everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share all of those social media groups. Share all of those social media pages. Joe, we're – look, after the Final Four this weekend, buddy, we're that much closer to football. So yes. this is not – this is not – uh, going to be something that's, it, it, you know, before when you blink, it's going to happen. So everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Bet online Heisman odds were changed today. I'll, um, when we come out of the break, or yesterday, excuse me, when we come out of the break, I'll give the Heisman odds. Joe, a lot of people are putting money on Michael Penix Jr. We'll talk about that. Ooh. Multiple SEC quarterbacks in this top 10 as well. We'll touch on all that. But where we do that is betonline.ag. Share to all your social medias. Subscribe on YouTube. We're still doing the $200 giveaway. We'll be back in 50 seconds to talk about it all next. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline. AG. Very fitting. Very fitting because we're talking about Pro Day. Speaking of Pro Day, Bet Online, though, did come out with their Heisman Trophy odds. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them have been changed. So Drake May was plus 800, Joe. Um, to, when Bet Online first uh, uh, came out with their Heisman odds, it has changed. Caleb Williams, plus 500. Guess who the number two player in college football uh, the, has the best odds to win the Heisman next season? Michael Penix Jr. No, Jordan Travis, Florida State, plus really? eight, plus eight hundred. He flips with Drake May, who's plus five, uh, plus a thousand. Michael Penix Jr. goes all the way up to number five with plus twelve hundred. Then you got Sam Hartman, your boy, uh, and then Bo Nix, Joe Milton, and then Jane Daniels rounds it out. Mm -hmm. Here, so really interesting. A lot of money coming in on Jordan Travis from Florida State. Your thoughts, really quickly, on that? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's trying to get their their early big odds in right now, so the odds are shifting. I, I think that's what it what it's at. Where it has been a bit of a media narrative that Jordan Travis has become this, 
you know, sleeper good, guy though. for next year. He's good. He, he is, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I always get a little a little skeeved out, a little wary of guys who build this much buzz early. Like I gotta see what he does start of the season, early stretch of the season before I can fully commit to what his uh his full outcome you is. You mean gonna like be. Bo Nix did last year? No, because Bo, Bo didn't get hyped up this much as, as, oh, as Ball, Dan, Dan Lanning was running his happy ass out there every 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 week during fall camp and spring yeah. saying, Bo Nix knows exactly who he is as a person. Well, no crap, Dan Lanning. We, we not- didn't even know for sure, though, if Bo was going to start. Like, there was a possibility yeah, that Bo didn't. Did. Yeah, we There was did. a possibility he didn't. There was a possibility. Because they, they've got two – they had two five-stars in the possibility, Joe, that – Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee this weekend, that my big ass isn't eating crawfish. Okay, so stop with the okay. cap, as the young kids say. The, Come on now. There were two five stars. There was there was a competition. It's that not is like true. that it's is not true. like it wasn't possible. But no, I think everyone's trying to get in early on those odds before they aggressively start to shift further and further. Uh, I don't think it would wouldn't be surprised if he's not the favorite by. You know, by the time that we're like two weeks in, and if he has a couple of really good games, if he beats LSU, we won. He, he goes right roll. to the top. He, right, everyone I is going to ride his name the entire season if he beats well, LSU. Here, here's the thing, Joe. Whichever quarterback wins that game, either it, yes. either if it's Jaden Daniels, yeah. or if it is uh, Jordan Travis, they go yeah. to the very big, uh, very uh, top of that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really interested. Speaking of uh, speaking of draft prospects or future draft prospects, I am absolutely – there's not enough money in Tennessee for, for Joe Milton to be somebody who's got top 10 odds to win the Heisman. That means to tell me that somebody knows something. I, I will tell you, so talking about Tennessee spring, Joe, he's gotten a lot more accurate, okay? Like, he, he has gotten a lot better from an accuracy standpoint. Some of the throws he's making is is amazing. So, as an example, so two quarterbacks this week. So let's get into this draft, this this pro day stuff. So, yeah, one thing that I do want to say: this happened to two quarterbacks this week, Joe Milton and Jane Daniels. It both happened to. So I'll go with Jane Daniels first. Bill B- Jane Daniels obviously is not going out in the draft, but Joe had the biggest day for LSU for their pro day. Okay, I'll talk about Kayshawn Booty in a minute and rip on him as an example, dude, he's probably 15 pounds heavier. He's got a lot of the same speed. And Joe, he threw fantastic and wasn't really out What's there. What's his weight right now? Because that, that for I me is the biggest two, issue. I would say 210. I would say he's like 208 to 210. Okay. But Joe, he was playing last year at 185. Yes. Yes. Okay. You like you, I, I'll send you the pictures. I mean, dude's gotten much bigger. I, I mean, like you could just tell. And that's one thing that Brian Kelly has done that LSU has not had was a Jake Flint who came from Notre Dame. I mean, like the strength and conditioning that Notre Dame had, LSU is really benefiting from that. Bill Belichick was following. This is true because, Joe, like I'm there talking to scouts, whatever. Bill Belichick followed around Jane Daniels and talked to him the entire pro day. That's interesting to me. Same thing happened with Joe Milton. Joe Milton, besides Hendon Hooker, was throwing to some of these Tennessee guys. Mm-hmm. Joe, jaws were hitting the floor, not because of the arm strength, mainly due to how accurate he was. I know that you don't – I know it's just air. I, I get all that. And I will make this comparison in a minute about Anthony Richardson. I'm not going to overreact to what you do on air. 
However, I do think there is a little something, even with Anthony Richardson to that. Like, look, man, the guy's gotten better. His feet's gotten better. Whatever it is, I think you can take some, but let's call it what it is. You can't take a lot from it. Do you agree with that? Yes. So that was what I was just about to say. Just like, and I'm on this program stating this, I'm not changing my perspective on Anthony Richardson based on how we threw oh, the yes, pro day. You are. No, I'm not. No, because these pro day workouts don't mean as much as I think a lot of people build them up to be. I think there's, I a, lot of, there's a lot of media members who don't understand the scouting process and don't understand that the pro days and the combine, the biggest aspect of it is for these teams to meet with the players and to talk to the players and get to know the players better. That's the major part. We already know that. that Anthony Richardson has a big arm. We already know that he can sit on his butt and throw a, a, a ball easily without standing up. We know that he can do all that. We know that he's a crazy athlete. We don't need to prove anything else. So I, as much as I don't like for him, I don't think it's very telling for Joe Milton's sake. Like, yeah, the guy's got a big arm. He's somebody who everyone's going to get all geeked up over. And I know he might've been a little bit more accurate, but he's throwing guys that aren't getting covered. He's doesn't have any pressure coming down on him. That's where I need to know that Joe can be consistent is well, what does he do I, in oh an God. SEC game when he's got Harold Perkins chasing? I don't even know if they play each other this year, but they he's but hypothetically, he's got Harold Perkins chasing his ass down and he's got a receiver who is tightly covered and he's got a short window to get the ball into. Well, that's what I need to actually those, know. Or one of those Megatrons from Georgia. You know, I mean, like yeah. <laughs> one of those dudes. I, I agree with that. And, you know, Joe, you said something interesting that's so true and so right. Some media members have no idea what they're looking at. Like, dude, this whole thing about Anthony Richardson hitting the roof, the roof. The roof, the roof is on fire. Uh, he, it, the pass is, Joe. Do you know how every head coach and every scout in America sees that pass when he hit the roof as an incomplete pass? Yes. It, it, look, I, I don't mean this in a wrong way. I don't need <laughs> nerds to tell me how bad, uh, good that was. It's not good. You're overreacting. And then, of all people, Todd McShay didn't run out there saying he hit the roof. Todd. Oh, let me let me rephrase that. Todd, 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 Todd. It's horrible. Now, I think Todd knows what he's doing, though. I think that there's other people who don't understand he it's bad, but he's bringing deal. that he's bringing that up because he knows that it it pushes viewership and ratings. Like, well, he, I am because he thinks Anthony Richardson should be the number one overall pick to some extent. So, I, 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 I might agree with Todd. We're not doing that on today's I, show. We're not letting the wheels I, go off. off yeah, the, off I the don't rail. like you. I, 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 <laughs> I just don't like you. All right. There was one thing, as we get into these pro days, there is one thing I like about Anthony Richardson that's changed. You ready? Mm -hmm. Footwork. I don't think that Billy Na – so this is why I get on the case for Billy Napier, right? Yes. Like, I'm not sold on him. I, I, I was not sold on him at, at ULL. People in Lafayette, you're going to hate me for saying ULL. Get over it. Eat a boudin ball. Bottom line is, Joe, how can his footwork change that drastically in six weeks? I, I mean, it's 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 unreal that Billy Napier can't – look, here's what I do think, though. I do think Dan Mullen's a damn good quarterbacks coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is Anthony Richardson willing to change now instead of Dan Mullen or Billy Napier? So I, it's like a double-edged sword. Like I, well, I don't. He was know. really young with 
Dan Mullen. He was really young when Mullen was there. So, so was, like, so was Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud when they were with their respected coaches, right? Like, I, I don't think that you can make that excuse because look, the Keeman is more ready to play recruits than Anthony Richardson was, though. But I love it when you prove my point, though, Blake. That yes, I think that he was hindered significantly by Billy Napier, but most importantly, I, what did I ever say he wasn't? No, 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 that's not my point. My point has always been that Anthony Richardson is the best athlete. He is the most natural athlete at the position in the entire class. So if you give him proper coaching, he is going to learn quicker than other guys. He is going to put it together than other guys. He has never had good, proper coaching. He isn't no, that's worth not true. Dan, that's so, not true. Dan yes, Mullen's a witch offensively. Stop that. But Billy Napier clearly did nothing to help him progress, so he stagnated after that first uh, spot starter year under Dan Mullen, and he stagnated right at that spot. Did not improve at all, and that's basically what we saw this year. That is what my whole point has been, is that he's inexperienced, and he was not properly coached he's to make so those good. improvements. And I think that your point about the footwork is a great point. The more that he gets good NFL coaching, I'm actually curious now, who his quarterback coach is and who he's been training with, because that's also usually pretty telling of how they'll develop. But I think if he goes to the right team with a progressive offensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator, you like Steichen, the Colts head coach, that's I think that cool. he's going to be so freaking good. Speaking of that, okay, did you – speaking of fits and, and, and people that really want somebody, did you – I told you this a couple weeks ago, and everybody called me nuts. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted, I, I texted it to you, my screenshot that I was sending people, okay? What about this C.J. Stroud thing to Carolina, dude? Okay. Did you hear, what's it, What's the quarterback coach name at Carolina now? What's his name? Josh McCown. Um, Josh McCown. He said, well, you'll be able to hoop when you're out there in Charlotte next year. Well, he said, um, I, I forget what the, it's when you move to Charlotte. That was the even more leading statement that he made, which is Brian like, Jones oh my God. Going number one overall, bro. You don't mm. – Josh McCown does not make that statement if they're not drafting C.J. Stroud, in my opinion. Am, yeah. I, am I crazy with that? I agree with you, but one of my co-hosts pointed out to me that um, I think it was Kyle Shanahan made that – made like a very similar – not comment, but was hovering around and following around Justin Fields during his pro day very similarly. And we thought kind of – a lot of people were pushing that like maybe this picks Justin Fields – it didn't end up being. It ended up being. Well, Lance. But that played out in the media, though. Remember, remember that played yes. out in the media between Shanahan and um, their GM. Why is it the whole? Um, who's the San oh Francisco? Uh, John Lynch. John Lynch. Remember, they were going back and forth with the media because, um, um, God bless it. Why am I blanking? Uh, John Lynch wanted Trey Lance. And your boy Shanahan wanted Justin Fields. Like that played out pretty, yeah, pretty immensely in that in that draft. So I don't think Carolina, though, as an example. So look, I think Anthony Richardson, just very quickly. Mm -hmm. I, I, I look as much as I might not like it. Okay, in my personal opinion, he's still going to be probably a top ten pick. All right, I, where he's going to no go, way he slides out after this. I, I just don't. Well. I say that, but then Malik Willis, but Malik Willis didn't run a four four forty, okay, in the combine. But I, I talking about some of these pro days. This is why I always say Ohio State's the closest thing to the SEC that we have not in the SEC 
dude, they got athletes and, and dudes everywhere. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. out there running routes for C.J. Stroud is unreal. Jackson Smith and Jigba running – like he's throwing to NFL dudes, mm. okay? I don't like the compare – you know what, Joe? And, and this was their knock – this was the knock that I heard on C.J. Stroud. You ready for it? That I absolutely hate. Well, he's throwing the first-round wide receivers. Well, how did that help Burrow? See, what's what's so funny to me about, like, these draft dudes who say, well, he's got first-round picks. Well, here's the problem. Because you'll draft a guy, and then when he doesn't have success, you'll say, well, he doesn't have the weapons. Well, no crap, he doesn't have the weapons. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to me that he's throwing the two first-round first picks. I think C.J. Stroud's made himself a crap load of money in this process. And I think it shows just how good of Ryan Day was as a like. Look, man, they had a really good offense. Like they've been a really good offensive team. They just don't have. I I don't know what what Ohio State's missing. I think that there's an underlying thing here. And we talked about this on our last show. I think they're the most overrated program in the country, depending on how much talent they produce without winning a natty. Right? Mm. Like I always continue to say that. But ultimately, for me, I think C.J. Stroud made himself a lot of money and show why he was a really good quarterback this last year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of irony def definitely with people bringing up the having to throw to first-round receivers. I I will say, though, I think C.J., more than other quarterbacks, I am concerned when he steps into a bad situation where he's going to probably have bad receivers and a well, bad offensive well, line. That, what does he do, you though? That, though? You say that. I mean, is Adam Thielen poo? Is well, the, Marshall Pooh? that was more of a vague, um, overarching statement of like where he ever just wherever he gets drafted. I think specifically the Carolina Panthers do have an underrated offensive line. Their receivers are okay, so that's my 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 situation here. My thought here is that when he's not throwing to the best guys on the field, the best athletes on the field, what is he going to do? And he has always been somebody who, when things don't open up, when that initial read does not open up. He struggles. He, he does the worst possible thing. It's I'd mm -hmm. rather have a Lamar, Lamar Jackson in his rookie year where the first thing didn't open up and he just ran. CJ stands there. CJ, he floats and then he gets hit. That is that you can't do. That's the Daniel Jones syndrome. He needs to work out of that. That for me is the biggest thing. And I actually, I'd argue that might be a pretty good pro comp for what CJ Stroud does in his first year is Daniel Jones because Daniel had everything, man. Daniel had a really natural throwing motion. He was pretty accurate. Big arm, great athlete, but didn't really necessarily use it effectively in college. Mm -hmm. But up here, mentally, despite being a smart kid, couldn't figure it out really. It took him a while. He's kind of figuring it out now. I think it's going to be the same deal with CJ. We're going to be saying a ton of that about CJ Stroud. I don't look too much into the pro day stuff, but he's for him specifically. But I, I do think he's going to be the first overall pick at this point. It, it, it seems like it's training that way. Uh, a receiver that we unfortunately didn't get to see a lot of this year, Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba. What's your thoughts on him? Because I'm going to tell you. Uh, can I tell you? Here's a hot take of the show. You ready? Yeah. I don't think he's good enough yet. My thing with Smith and Jigba. He's got loud hands. He's got very loud hands. And if you talk to any scout, uh... any loud, loud. Uh, I don't disagree with that, but I still think he's got great for his for he what does, it does. But he's got it's loud hands. You ever heard? Clap I know off, what you mean. Loud hands. Yes, I know what, what you mean. He's not a supernatural catcher. He's not not a supernatural catcher. My thing with JSN, 
I'm disappointed that he didn't play this year because I think I'd be a little more confident in what his capability is had he played. The other thing as well for him, we talk, and I just spent all this time talking about C.J. Stroud. You place him in that situation of the the year where he played a full year, removed the 300-yard game, and that's 300 less yards in his season total. And then on top of that, he still finished with, I think, like 1,300 yards. You watch a lot of those games, and he gets open because a lot of attention is diverted. He's an elite route runner. He's He's an elite route runner. He's a fantastic route runner, but a lot of attention is altered and focused on that year to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And there's a number of routes that I could pull, sit here and pull up where he's open because it's a really well-schemed offense. You know, it's a really well-schemed offense to set up that that tertiary receiver to get open. I wanted to see what he was going to do this year as the primary go-to guy. He wasn't going to bump out to X. He was going to probably play in the slot again. But what does he do when he is the guy? And that's what's going to happen. Wherever he is drafted, he might be, if he's drafted early, the number one receiver. I don't think that's his role in the NFL. He's not that guy. He is a slot tertiary guy who is going to be very productive with a crowded, uh, talented receiver room. That's what he needs to go to. He can't go. I'm trying to think of a good example. He can't go to Carolina and be the number one guy there. He just can't. Here's my thing. Okay, you ready? Um, when it comes to when it comes to Ohio State, how many times are you going to have this many elite wide receivers, running backs, DBs, etc., and you not win it? I, Joe, I think that there. You know, here here's my thing. This is a, a staple that I go by in college football. With great recruiting comes great uh, great expectations. Okay. If you're going to recruit on the level and have players at the level that Ohio State does, I know that you played for a national title a couple of years ago in the COVID year, but you you got blanked, dude. At some point, there, Joe, this isn't just a Ryan Day issue. This happened under Urban, too. Now, Urban won the first college football playoff. Good for him. I, I mean, but how long are we going to go off of that, that they have that much talent and continue to get that much talent, and they just don't win? Like – for for me for me, if any other team not named Ohio State, like if a team in the SEC, a team in the Pac-12, a team in the ACC, we do it with Clemson. We've done it with 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 LSU. We've done it with Georgia in the past before they won back to back natties. We do it with USC. We do it with so many other teams. But when it comes to Ohio State, we never, not once, talk about how how much of underperforming they're doing with how much talent they're producing. You cannot have that much NFL talent on a team and not break through and win one. For me, Ohio State, I think that it's easy to sit here and place blame on Ryan Day. But I I actually don't think that it's really a Ryan Day issue because he's an offensive coach. I look at the success that they've produced has been offensively. I look at the fact that they had one of the best offensive lines and they're going to have two guys drafted in the top 100. That's even worse, Joe. That makes it even worse for me. But they have never been a team that hasn't produced offensively. I think a lot of their issues, a lot of their issues have come on the defensive side of the football. And I know I'm blanking on the defensive coordinator's name that they got from Oklahoma. Kerry Cooks. Not Kerry Cooks. Uh, um Kerry Combs. No, that's not him. The the guy that they got from Oklahoma State. Kerry Combs. I'm gonna look that up in a second. Their defensive coordinator is better than what they had before. Jim Knowles. <laughs> Jim Knowles. I knew that Jim wasn't Knowles. right. Jim Knowles is a great defensive coordinator. 
I think for the long term, there's a lot of potential and upside, and they looked a lot better this past season. But the problem is, is that they're no longer, since Urban left, they have not recruited the defensive side of the football well at all. This is very Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley-esque, where all this attention, you're getting all these big-name recruits on the offensive side of the football. You're getting a five-star receiver, a five-star quarterback, a five-star offensive tackle, a five-star running back. But then you look through their recruiting class, and you're like, okay, where are the defensive players? Where are those corners, the Sean Wades of the world, the Jeff Okudas of the world, the Nick Bosa's, the uh, Chase Young's? I They haven't had anyone near that caliber in a very long uh, time since I, Urban I Meyer. I with that. They got that um, Jermaine Matthews kid. Uh, they got the Calvin. I don't know if he's a, a first-round pick. That Tiamala Moto kid, I'm totally butchering his name, is supposed to be extremely talented, and we saw some spurts of him in his first real year as a starter. He has some potential. But across the board, they're really lacking those five stars that they needed. That's that's what's something I don't think is talked about enough that they're not focusing on the defense. I, I, I have to push back on that because like I'm going down like as an example, right? CJ Hicks, five star linebacker, uh Sonny Styles, safety, six four, two fifteen, five star. And then you got uh Kenyatta Jackson, five star edge player, Omar Abar, okay, or Amari Abar, edge, five star. Joe, they've had him. They, I'm like, I'm going down two four seven right now. They've had, but what are those guys' contributions though? They might, but, that, though, but, that, but that's my point. Okay, that's my point. Why are they? Why are you going there to Ohio State and underperforming? There's not enough defensive development. Again, I don't want to put any blame on the offensive side of the football. I solely place this on the defensive side of the ball and the development of those athletes and properly recruiting the right athletes to play in your system. All right, you want to move? Let's move to a couple more guys, though, yes. uh, as we go on. I'm not going to say anything yet. I want you to I want you to make this um, because I've already talked on this, but I want, to, I want to give this to you because I don't want there to be any homerism. Okay. All right, here's some guys, though. So we talked about three guys. Actually, let me do this. Let me do this. Let's get to one more guy that everybody's talking really highly about and then get to a couple guys that are, are falling. Will Levis, we did talk about him. Do you want to? I mean, we talked about him pretty pretty much. I mean, there's nothing really else to say with him, but just in case. So the goofy thing with Will Levis, what I wanted to bring up, we've had this week, There's, a, I think it was the Dove Kleiman guy or one of those, there's these terrible Twitter aggregators that have big followings that don't have actual sources. There has been reporting that Will Levis is bombing interviews. I find that very um, hard to believe. No, he's, I don't, bombing, he's bombing is, interviews. Is he actually, though? He was supposed this to be this high-character kid. This is the problem that I've heard that he's saying. He's basically going in there and saying, if you don't, if you don't take me first, you're going to pay. And, and it's rubbing some it is rubbing some organizations the wrong way. Now, let me tell you something. I don't for think me, it's bombing that that's kind of stupid to, to take it like uh take that into account for a kid just well, he's confident. Right, he's right, like, right. So for me, like, so as an example. I, I talked to one team that has a top five pick. I'm not going to reveal. I think I can okay. guess who it is. Okay. And the interview that they had with him, he walked up to their owner and said, if you don't draft me, it's going to be the worst decision that you've ever made. And, then he, and then he he gave over his, like, whatever questionnaire that they had. He said, have a good day and walked out. And I was told, oh. I was told by a buddy of mine that was in that meeting that the owner looked at him and said, Re go reevaluate him right now. Like, 
So in a good I, way or a bad way? Uh, in a good way. So then I this is this is the second question that I ask. Are y'all putting out false stuff to people to get people to stay away from Will Levis? They said yes. Yes. I think that this is perfect smoke screen smoke screen. One thousand percent. And it's we might get to Jalen Carter on this. It's the same deal. Everyone needs to remember what time of year it is. We are so close to the NFL draft. It is April. It is coming up. Something like that is perfect bait. Perfect bait for a team to be like, okay, he was really intense. And we like that. But if we spin this, we put this out to some agents, we put this out to some media people, and this gets pushed out there, a team that might have felt a little weird about the, the conversation might then allow it to completely dominate their thought process. No it, doubt. It doesn't usually work. It doesn't necessarily work, but we're trying to create these fake narratives so that he falls. I really think that he is going to be the second overall pick to the Houston Texans based on what we know that they value at the quarterback position. I don't think it's going to be Bryce because, uh, and I've been saying this a lot, that I think that they're going to pick him because of what Casario, as a former disciple of Belichick, is going to value as a quarterback. I will say this, it though. Would not, it would not shock me. Yes. I will say this, though, Blake. I think to, I didn't know that aspect of it that you brought up. The dude seems cornyish as all hell, man. It's to him to be like, if you don't draft no, me, that's no. too intense, man. That's way too. Well, intense. you know who else is corny? Such a hardo. Well, hold on. It's just like the pictures, man. He's such a hold hardo. On hold on now. Don't act like we ain't have no corny quarterbacks that have absolutely gone out there and performed. Now, yeah. You know, here are some quarterbacks that come to mind just off the top of my head. Andrew Luck. <laughs> hey, okay. Andrew, stop. Okay, number two. He wasn't a hard Hold over. on. Hold on. What? Not like this. Not no, Andrew Luck wasn't going around telling people, if you don't draft me, you're going to regret No, you this. know what Andrew Luck He's was doing? You know what Andrew Luck was doing? He was going around to his teammates giving report cards. Yeah, that's so, him being a dork. That's not him being like okay, a then that's, like overly intense hard Here's the problem I have with Will Levis. Yeah. Number one, I, I think that he tries to – he tries to do too much at times. I think he's got all the athletic ability. I think that he's got all of the tools that you need. I think he is accurate enough. I do think that he has a big enough norm. I do think he is athletic enough. Joe, name one dude, one skill player at Kentucky that's worth a damn. There name are none. one. There are none. Okay. So he's doing that in the SEC. I'm going to give him a little bit more than I do – more than I do Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson had more talent around him. You know what tells me that? Recruiting. Okay. Do you really think that Kentucky had a good offensive scheme to stop that? No. Okay. Stop that. So, wait, my big problem though with Will Levis and why I don't think he's going to be successful. You're going to let it do finish? You yelled at me all week about, you don't let me finish. Oh, I thought you were done. I think you were transitioning points. Go ahead. All I was going to say is that I'm the guy has good. no touch with the football. He doesn't know how to take I'm anything okay. off. I'm of okay it. with that. I, 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 I'm okay with that. I, because you're okay you, with you him not having touch. You know what you're getting with Will Levis. I think Will Levis can run a system better than what Anthony Richardson can. I don't. And want... that's a big. That's a big thing. You got to be able to go in there and command the room and run a system. Yeah. yeah. I think though, and there's evidence of it on tape. I don't need a guy who is ripping a pass, a flare route at a running back. And it's uncatchable or overthrowing him. I agree with that. I like, and he's he got to fix that. that a lot. Well, he also did that too because he was getting hit. Like he was the most hit quarterback in the SEC the last two seasons. Okay, he was. 
he took look there's one thing that here's another thing that a scout told me the other day he goes Blake do you remember when Kentucky played Ole Miss and and Will Levis's finger was pointing like horizontally okay he goes the kid went back in there taped it up and then went he went eight for ten in his next ten passes that's the kind of stuff we see because we we can take a kid and, and help him develop before we can take a kid that doesn't want to work. All right. So we'll see on Will Levis as well. Let's get to some guys that are falling. I'm going to let you go with this one first because I've talked about it this week and I don't want to seem homers. Your thoughts on Kayshawn Bouti falling so much from a first round to possibly a third round pick in this draft? Well, it all started with he might even go further than that Blake I'm actually going to be completely honest with you he might be going further than the third round it all started with him not having a very consistent or productive year everyone with this anticipation of this really talented kid was he was going to come in he was going to light things up new offensive system that should benefit him a new quarterback that's going to get him the football that he was going to be the most productive player he doesn't do any of that then there are the whole concern of his dismissal or not really dismissal but departure let's phrase it that way of the team there has not been a positive step throughout this entire process and then on top of that he looks like he hasn't been putting any effort in or preparing this is uh some of the same stuff that i talk about with stetson bennett where i don't think that 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 he's been focused on and and preparing as intently as some other guys i think that the his ideology is that my shit doesn't stink everybody knows how good i am the nfl is going to know how good i am and i'm going to step in and play I will say this, though, and I don't think that Jarvis Landry had this type of a pro day process, but he did have a very terrible testing numbers. I could see Kayshawn coming into the NFL as a late round pick and then having a high impact because he's a good player and he's got a good quarterback that knows how to get his head on straight. But as he goes to the Jets, as an example, like if the Jets drafted him in the third round and A-Rod's there. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great spot for him. Now, the, those personalities. Or if he's like a Bengals pick, like that would be perfect for him to, he, to, to Joe go. ain't going to do that. Joe ain't going to let that happen. Here, <laughs> hey, listen to me. Listen, Joe ain't going to let that happen. <laughs> There's Here's one what, thing that Joe does not like from his receivers, diva, being a diva. Yeah, that's true. That is he, true. I, no, I'm just, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> it ain't happening. I would be, let me tell you this. I would be utterly shocked if Kayshawn got drafted by Cincinnati. Okay. Utterly shocked. Now, my only thing with Kayshawn, you're spot on. Now, I don't think he falls out of the third because I think that he's got – like, that Georgia play that he made where he went 70, okay, like, come on, dude. Like, let's be real. You know that the dude's got athletic ability. The problem with me is he has a 340-pound offensive lineman having a higher vertical than he does. That is inexcusable. Do you want to know something funny, by the way? I don't mean to cut you off. So this reminds me of the fact that his vertical was bad. During my pro day, we had a kid on my team. We had three guys go to the NFL Combine. One of the receivers that was supposed to get drafted doesn't get drafted. Uh, he vertical is only like 27 inches. It's the worst wow. receiver vertical ever. Guess who had a higher vertical than him? Who? Me. I had a higher vertical than a guy that went to the NFL Combine. And, like, that's not me patting my back. It's like. That's a concern. Like you, you compare these two things and it's like, I, mine was like an inch better. And it's to your point, you're supposed to be this good athlete, but you can't freaking jump. It's either a lack of preparation or just in general, a lack of, uh, a lack of intent. I would argue. I agree with that. All right. Last one. Cause I want to get to this NIL stuff. And cause yeah. I think we'll speak about this at length. I don't want to get to Jalen Carter. You can talk about him 
if you want to. I think we've ex- I, I think that we have talked about that too much, and I've and I've told you that. Let me let me go on a little bit of a rant here. Osiris Torrance, the offensive guard from Florida slash ULL, whatever you want to say. Joe, you know what they're saying about Osiris Torrance? What? They're talking about how his numbers are bad. You know who else's numbers were really bad at the combine and pro day? This guy by the name of Orlando Brown. How's he doing? You can't test offensive linemen based off of numbers, pure numbers. Joe, what did the film tell me about Osiris Torrance? He is a monster in the middle. He claps everybody that gets in his path. He is an avalanche that is just going downhill constantly. If He is the true definition. Osiris Torrance is the true definition of a mauler, okay? I don't want to – the only position for me that I don't nest like if 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 he can't bench two twenty five eight times okay maybe yeah all right cool but offensive line is just not a position that you can go off based off of pure numbers because look at the numbers like Trevor Penning last year had amazing numbers the dude got his ass kicked okay up and down the field when he played Malt Eric Fisher as an as, as an example. The number one overall pick that went to Kansas City. He got clapped around for multiple seasons. Turn on the film for Osiris Torrance. You cannot. He ran a 4-3-40. He ran a 4-3-40. And he's going 10 yards at max any given play. He's not running 40 yards on any given play. What is his 10-yard split? What is his 5-yard split? What's his shuttle look like? He's one of the best, if not the best, offensive linemen, in my opinion, in this draft from an inside perspective. I, I will Doc, say this. Ah. I will say this, though. The 40 I'm not paying attention to, his short area number is terrible, which is What's not a good What's his short area number? His short shuttle, he got a 5-2-2. Two, two. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's his 40. I'm misreading this. Yeah, you're misreading. This stupid graphic is very hard to read. He had a... <laughs> Four eight one, which is still a pretty slow number for not for no lineman, not for no lineman, not a great number. A 20, 23 and a half inch vertical is not great as well. Oh, but he had a higher vert than Kayshawn Booty. Wait, what was Kayshawn's vert? 29. 23 and a half. Was, I thought she was 29 and a half. No, 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 23, 23 and a half. I do agree with you though. This on Torrance, I don't, I don't think anyone's taking into account. This is another one of those like media pushed ones where I think a lot of media folks are like oh look at torrents he can't really move i i i knew on the film that this kid had slow feet and that he's a haul to get moving forward in a power-based offense power-based system like that he's who i want baltimore you're in trouble he is displacing the shit out of dudes he is moving dudes so easily he is so freaking strong you said he's a mauler perfect way to describe him uh i don't there's a reason why he doesn't play tackle, by the way. He's a big dude, but he doesn't play tackle. He's a he guard. Yeah, he's, he's a, not. He's you don't need guard, him to move dude. in space. I just short area. What does he do from, uh, you know, from from his couple of yards of space that he is accounted for? I know that he's good enough to do it. He's a strong dude with a big ass. I know that he's going to be a great pause. player. No, there's no pause on that. Uh, <laughs> you just said he's a dude with a big old ass. Pause. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, but there's no pause in that because he's got a big ass, and I'm appreciating his big ass. I want I want guards I with big asses. Big anchor is what I want. Just like I want my defensive tackles to have big asses. That's exactly what I look for. Torrance is going to be a great pro, though. I don't think anyone's thinking he's going to be a first-round pick, but second round, he'll get drafted. He's going to be a plug-and-play starter. Are you saying he's on the all-ass team? He's on the all-ass team. Does his milkshake bring you to the yard? I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's, let's talk about this NIL thing as we yes. wrap up the show before we get to some of the listener questions and thoughts. Um, so, Joe, this week we had a congressional hearing for NIL. I'm going to rip both parties here. And I first off, I hate getting political. Okay, I don't want our show to be political, but mm-hmm. when college football, as an example, or college athletics becomes political, I don't think that we have a choice other than to talk about it. So, in this hearing, there's two, there's three, four major points that I want to hit on here. The lack of knowledge by lawmakers on what NIL truly is when we've had 20, 22 months to discuss this is abysmal. If if any political or any elected official doesn't know the basic principles of NIL and you've had 24 months to research it, then what else are you missing on on a day-in, day-out basis? Number two, they said that, well, you know how you just do it? Do revenue sharing. Revenue sharing in college athletics is not oh going to work because here's the problem. You want to make it so much like the NFL. You want to make it so much like the NBA. You want to make it so much like all these other things. They have revenue sharing, but they also don't have Title IX. There's this little issue called Title IX that we have issues with. If you want to do revenue sharing, women's athletics would be dismissed. I'm calling it what it is. Mm -hmm. College baseball would be dismissed to some extent. College basketball. Because as an example in the SEC, about two-thirds of the funding that you get is for football. That's not going to work with the with Title IX. Here's the biggest issues that I have, though. This go, coming from Diana Harshbarger, and this coming from Chris Murphy, the Republican from Tennessee and the Democrat from uh, Connecticut. This is Diana Harshbarger saying that this is not sustainable. Well, no crap, Sherlock. That's why we're in a con- congressional hearing. But she says that you have one donor that will give a school program 8 to $10 million that won't do that every year. Babe. Yes, they will. Well, so that's not how donations work, too. Like the they're doing uh, it already. People are giving that amount of money to the programs anyway. It happens every year. The simple fact that you don't know that is why you don't need to be on this committee. She also says you can play for so you mean to tell me this is a question she asked. She says, You mean to tell me that you can play for a year and then go into the portal? After one year to get more money? Yes. How do you not know that? How do you not know? That's the whole issue. That's the whole issue. That is the 1,000% issue of why everybody has an issue with NIL and the transfer portal. It's because after one year, kids are going into the portal and getting more NIL money to go to bigger programs or other programs. How do you not know that that is the main issue? Harsh barger. And then, and then, I'm going to tiptoe down this because people who know me know I'm coming at this with a with a pure heart. But then Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Kentucky, or from Connecticut, he wants to make it a race issue. 
This is not a race issue. NIL is paying more minority college athletes than ever before. I don't understand why he's trying to make this a race issue. He says, and I'm quoting, if those predominantly white coaches and white NCAA execs can uh, can have an extended and, and have multiple endorsement deals, why shouldn't predominantly black students have the same opportunity? They are having the same opportunity. We're not asking. This is not a race issue. We are asking you for federal regulation to stop from kids going into the portal and kids being poached. That is ultimately the issue that we have here. This is not a political race issue that you're trying to make it. Then he says, then he says, this is a pro league. It's just like every other pro league. Y'all got to figure it out. That is a quote from Chris Murphy. It's not a pro league. It is college athletics. You don't understand this because, number one, you're a blithering idiot. How are you this big of an idiot? And then Diana Harshbarger, both of them, both sides of the aisle, Joe, here, are complete and utter idiots. And then both of them run out there with their college with one, I think she had a Tennessee thing, and then one uh, one person had a Florida helmet on, and I'm like, y'all aren't taking this seriously, Joe. That's ridiculous. The last part's ridiculous. Sorry, continue. But I I I, I would I would get paid fifty thousand dollars a year to be the commissioner. You we got to go to a commissioner, Joe, because if you don't and you don't have rules based, you can't get a salary cap, Joe. You can't have a salary cap. What they're going to have to do, you want to know how you, you you stop this? Let me tell you what has to happen. You have to hit schools for tampering. If you start popping schools for recruiting violations with tampering, it will stop. Or they will get they you will find out really quickly who the teams are who the teams are doing it. You got to calm down with legislation that if you're tampering in recruiting, that you have issues. They didn't. So here's another thing with with our political society. They are the main reason, by the way, that NIL is a problem or, or an issue anyway, because they sided with your boy for the NCAA football game. Okay, you're the reason that this is going on. And then the stupid NCAA has allowed all this to happen because they want to go to federal court on it. Joe, we're then we're not we're back at square one. Yeah. We're, we're well, back at square one. The problem is now that we've we've brought them into discussion and they're three steps behind. And like I look at what Chris Murphy was saying, and all I get from that is he's trying to make mostly he's trying to make the argument that he seems like the debate is if NIL should be a thing. And it's that's not what we're talking about. It's how do we regulate this so that it's fair and that there is less uh wild lack of control over it and the way that it, it's handled. I think that the biggest thing here is that we need more put in place to simplify the process. Look, I think we would, would really make it better. Blake is that if you sign an NIL deal and you sign a contract, you have to stay at the school for, for a certain period of time. It's that simple. That is going to alleviate so many issues. And there needs to be a standard national contract that is signed by the donor or the marketing representative or whoever is paying the check and the athlete and the school. Those three parties need to have a consistent contract and they need to sign it. 
That is what you would hope from would come from these things, that they would be caught up and take this seriously enough to realize there is a, a, a wild lack of accountability across the board from the donors, from the players, from the coaches, everything. There's a wild lack of accountability and consistency. If we have a standard contract that is required to be signed across the board with the same clauses, there's no, no players getting screwed, there's no teams getting screwed, no donors getting screwed, that would simplify it. But we're not. We're starting, as you said, at ground zero with people asking dumb questions that we had already answered years ago. You can easily stop all of this, okay? You Look, you're not going to stop it in recruiting. You're just not. You can't stop it in recruiting because of the basic nature. It's already been happening. Mm-hmm. Joe, I know of a former athlete, as an example, that got paid $400,000 to go to the University of Alabama through a four-year stretch, okay? Mm-hmm. I also know of a former Heisman Trophy winner who got paid $150,000 to stay for his senior year. Yeah. So this has been going on. You're just seeing – so it's, it's – you know what? This is the, the honest analogy that I have. Basically, it's like a kid going on a field trip to see how the sewage – what happens in a sewage leak, right? Like – what all happens with your garbage when you throw it in the trash? You, when your eyes get open to things that you had no idea that was going on, you're just seeing the sewage that is of recruiting up close and personal. And people, it, it, you ever seen the movie The Dark Knight? Yes. Do you remember when Heath Ledger's Joker said, "One, you know, a whole bus full of people can, you know, a bus can explode, but one little mayor gets shot and the whole town starts freaking out." It's he's right. One little thing or one thing happens. We focus on everything. We focus on, oh, you know, I was so bad. You had no idea how kids were. You know how kids were getting to schools like Ohio State, LSU, Bama, Florida, Notre Dame beforehand. Don't be naive. Why we're getting the con- congressional hearings in this? Isn't this why we hired a, pol- a, a political guy to run the NCAA and he's supposed to be the one fixing this? Well, right. That's the biggest irony too here now is that we brought this guy to, you know, the idiot to speak to the idiots and the idiots are all just mucking the and whole the thing up. Joe, the idiot, the idiot didn't even show up. Your new NCAA president didn't even go to the hearing. You know that. Where? Right? What was he doing? I don't know. That's a great question, but he was not there. You know what he did? He let Trey Burton, former, uh, uh, former Florida quarterback and tied out and was a tight end in the league. He let him and a Florida State softball player go up against congressional congressional members to explain this. We're never gonna. This is never gonna get fixed. It's never gonna this get. Is fixed. Never gonna get fixed. That is, these hearings are. But big thing here, and final takeaway. It's never gonna get fixed because, as we know, the political system will drag anything out, and no progress will actually be made. It'll None. be years before something happens. None. And you know what else? We won't have our freaking video game. Well, no, the video game's coming. That's all but I they care keep about. keep pushing it back. It was supposed to come out but, in 2024, but, but now it's coming out in 2025. Four they years pushed ago, it back for Four years ago, it was supposed to be released in 2023. Joe, we were supposed to have the college football game this year. Yeah, and it was – I would rather the game be done right, though. I think it's I think it's just because they, they're spending – more time developing it and making sure all their T's are crossed. I want to go up. I want to, I want to, I want to play as Brian Kelly and 
flipped his schedule around, and instead of playing USC in week one, I want to play Notre Dame in South Bend, and I'm going to score 95 points on them in the first half. By the way, I, I was going to text you a picture of this last week. So I, oh, I have the old NCAA 14, and I play it sometimes. This is just a random stupid side comment. Um, I was playing against LSU, and I you beat lost. them. No, I beat them 72 to nothing, and I almost took a picture of it and sent it to you. This is on a high difficulty, too. I beat them 72 to nothing, and I was like, do I send this to Blake? And I'm like, no, I'm going to let him enjoy his weekend. I'm the the loser who's sitting here playing video games. So Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I will tell you, by the way, mm -hmm. um, I just, the, you know, I, I got the prepackage for MLB The Show. Okay. Ooh, I started playing that, too. All right, so I just want to let you know, Ben Rafino, the shortstop who got drafted by the Cincinnati Reds, mm -hmm. uh, is hitting 418, okay, 418, and has 26 home runs. What difficulty do you play on? I play on, like, what is it, like veteran? Oh, I'm not good enough to play on veteran. I'm, um, I, well, I play really low say, down. I'm terrible. Let me say this. Yeah. I I do the dynamic thing, like the dynamic difficulty. Yeah. I, last night at last night when I was like out, because I, I had the uh, women's game on my a laptop, and I was just sitting there watching the game while I was playing or whatever. I, I had to put it back down to rookie. I can't. I I couldn't. I mean, because my batting average dropped over a hundred points, and Ben was getting mad. He goes, "Daddy, you you, can't, you hit a home run. I can't do it." And that's my problem with it. There's too much of a gap between like the low one and the next highest one. I know. And it, it ruins it for me. Cause like, I just want to, I want to be stupid and bat 500 and hit 200 home runs. Like I just want to like put up stupid stats. That's the only reason why I play it. But so here's a funny thing. You ready? Yeah. So last story on this video games. So I used to have a lot of buddies that because I was the only one who had the new PlayStation two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Only one. Or it was it Xbox. It was either like the Xbox 360 or PlayStation. I don't remember. I think it was Xbox. I used to have all these, all my buddies used to come up, all of them, to my apartment, and we would play. All right. And so do you remember when you could download rosters and teams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the West Virginia team. I downloaded, and we used to play as Pat White, and they had Noel Devine, and I forget the receiver's name. Uh, he played in the league for a, a, a while. Dude. I was Merc. I would run the spread option. Oh my god! I would bet a hundred dollars to everybody if I didn't have four hundred yards rushing in the game and, tw and like five touchdowns. <laughs> I would give somebody a hundred uh, hundred dollars. No one, only one guy stopped me, but I bet him double to nothing. That way, that I could get some money off of this and dominated him. You do not give me a Pat White led West Virginia team on the sticks because you're gonna lose. All right. Let's get to That's a couple fantastic. of these. Uh, Island Run Tall Stop says, you guys are soft. You should always play games at highest difficulty. I never said that I didn't. Um, <laughs> well, I, okay, well, I will. I, no, because I'm I'm too old now. I'm, like, in my mid-20s that, like, screw that. Like, I, I want to enjoy myself. I come back from work, and I'm. it's been a long day. I was playing it the other day on too high of a difficulty, and I was getting pissed off. Like, I don't need to ruin my day even further. I want to have some fun. Screw that. Uh, Chris H says he likes the attitude of Will Levis going in there and telling people, um, like, if you don't draft me, you're gonna you're gonna falter. De uh, Dalton Matthew says just came in to say I hope my Sooners have way better year this year. We talked about them a little bit. Look, yeah. they're they gotta they got to they got Oklahoma's got to have a better year or or Brent Venables is in trouble. 
<laughs> Man, I just don't see it. I, I I think Jeff Lebby is a witch of an offensive coach, but I think Brent Venables is a horrible coach, to be honest with you right now. I strongly disagree. I think that oh, well, you're wrong. They're recruiting and that they're going to be a lot better. So recru- recruiting at a high level doesn't mean anything. Okay, like you they didn't have they didn't have the bodies last year. They they no I, you but but you got to explain every other coach that went to a new program that went to the portal and did things though. Not There's everyone not is gonna, excuse. but not everyone's gonna have them. Just because one guy steps in their first year and has immediate success, doesn't that mean that everyone? You mean else like is- Sonny Dykes? I, that was a very veteran laden. No, they roster. had just as many guys that hit the portal in TCU than what Oklahoma did. The, I, there I have been plenty of coaches on, who have had bad hold first on. years that have. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the team when a coach came in. This is the teams that had the most guys that left and went into the transfer portal. You ready? Okay. USC was number two. LSU was number one. Oklahoma was number seven. TCU I, was number five. Again, I get that. I get that they that they're not. So the teams USC, LSU, TCU had more players leave for the transfer portal than what Oklahoma did. And the teams that had the better record, guess wait for it, TCU, LSU, and USC. But who are the players that are leaving? Like, they lost Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman. Yeah, okay. Well, then take out USC for just a minute. LSU had 31 scholarship players in a bowl game. 31. They still brought in Jaden Daniels, who was a talented quarterback. Jaden Daniels. And they recruited Harold 30, Perkins, who was Joe, one of the best Joe, players in the recruiting class. 31 scholarship players. Jaden Daniels not good enough to – to erase all of that, they had, they were fifty five players short. Fifty five. Like USC, my- as an example, Joe, they they had four offensive linemen that went in the portal. What are we talking about here? If he was like, if this was like Billy Napier, I think the conversation would be different. Where bad first year guys going in the portal and not recruiting well. Instead, Oklahoma has bounced back by adding a lot of portal talent, a lot of five star recruits. That's why I am. I am optimistic. That's my point. Wrong. All right, a couple more, and then we're getting out of here. All right. Oh, this is true. Ty Boudreaux says, Billy's Boudin, the pepper check Boudin balls are the best anywhere. That's true. I don't know what that means. Um, that That's like another nev- language. You've never really ate food until you've been here. Uh, David says Muffet McGraw was coach at Notre Dame's women's hoops, but I, if I remember correctly, yeah, so there you go right, to your question right. uh, earlier. Uh, let me get a couple more of these. Lonnie Young Jr. says Ohio State can't run the ball when they need to outside of Ezekiel Elliott in that last uh, ten years. I think what he's trying to say. J.K. Dobbins when they had him was yeah, very explosive offense, and the the two kids they had this year were were very good as well. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't agree with that either. All right, Joe. Was a great Saturday, great Saturday yes. show. Uh, so we got a lot going on. We got women's Final Four championship game. We got the men's Final Four this weekend. We got some baseball. MLB is back. My Yankees are one to know. They play today on Fox. Um, Anthony Judge hit the first home run of the season because he's a biracial angel. So, <laughs> um, we'll go from there. All right. All right. We'll see y'all on Monday. Y'all have a good day. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which is. Not saying much. <laughs> See you guys later. Peace.